0: The cold and gray twilight hour rendered only faint visibility without artificial light from office windows, brightly lit signs, and street lamps. Forming walls like those of deep, interconnecting canyons, the tall, abandoned buildings within the city cast dark, eerie shadows concealing portions of its streets below. It was year one, more or less, of the decline and travelers on the streets of Lodo, lower downtown Denver, stayed ever vigilant, fearing the depraved inhabitants still remaining since the declension of the city's civil infrastructure. Hauling a load of sand for icy road conditions, a green one-ton Dodge Ram, its paint bubbled with rusty pockmarks and empty holes for the missing chrome, slowed at an intersection. Watching for other vehicles, its occupants, newlyweds Paul and Vanessa Duncan, are at full alert. There's a car coming, the apprehensiveness in her voice nearly palpable. I see it, sweetie. Downshifting, he glanced at the dashboard to confirm the truck was still in four-wheel-high gear. Like a wolf prowling its territory, a black limo occupied with rough-looking men glided from the darkness into the dim light of the crossing. Passing by, the driver's window slowly lowered, and they could clearly read the malevolence in his dark, piercing eyes as he looked first at Paul and then Vanessa. Seeing the car's brake lights brighten, Paul instantly knew that they were in danger. Hang on, he yelled, and stomped the gas. Before the limousine could fully stop, Paul's truck had leapt through the intersection. Oh, Paul, she cried. What are we going to do? Her eyes wide with fear, Vanessa looked to him for reassurance. Just hang on, sweetie. It'll be okay. I promise. Hearing that, Vanessa belted in, clutched the handle above the door, squeezed her eyes shut, and began to pray. With deserted vehicles and snowbanks restricting road passage to a single lane, Paul knew he had the advantage, which increased his confidence of their escaping. Quickly he hazarded a glance at Vanessa and could see her fear. When we get to the freeway, we're home free, he said, hoping to quell her panic. Checking his mirror, he could see one of the men animatedly speaking into a handheld two-way radio. Vanessa, now also watching the road, noticed Paul's focus on the rear-view mirror and turned to check the limo's progress. She, too, saw the man with the radio. What's he doing? Can't be good, Paul said, as he turned onto 22nd Street, headed for the freeway's on-ramp. Shit, he said, pounding his fists on the steering wheel. Blocking the road ahead, he saw two yellow school buses parked back-to-back. Turning behind them, the limousine blocked any chance of retreat, leaving them nowhere to go. Paul, do something, Vanessa screamed with terror and clutched at his arm. Ignoring her, Paul focused on the buses. Hastily reaching a decision, he gave his only warning to Vanessa. Hang on. And with that, he sped up the truck, 50, 60, 70 miles per hour. Emerging from the five-foot space between the rears of the buses, two men armed with rifles stepped out. The taller man on Paul's left boldly raised his hand, giving the universal sign to halt. Defiantly, Paul raised the middle finger of his right hand, signaling his reply. Everything seemed to move in slow motion. Vanessa screamed and held on for dear life. The expression on the faces of the two men began to change from arrogance to terror, as they realized the truck did not plan to stop.